on Yannick Hansen. Talk about the Vancouver Canucks. Over 600 games in the National Hockey League. 10 years in Vancouver and now doing a great job discussing his former team. Yannick, how are you? Uh, not too bad. Not too bad. It snowed <laughs> overnight here, so it's a uh, change of scenery, both both outside and, and inside the rink now. Uh, so, yeah, welcome change, I think. You Listen, you just started your broadcasting career. You sound exhausted right now. <laughs> It's hard shoveling snow in the morning, clearing the driveway. It's not something we're used to out here west, so uh, it's been a little busy. And hard to follow the Vancouver Canucks because there are so many twists and turns, yet no one is surprised what happened on the weekend, correct? No, I think this change was was due, uh, especially from the top. I was a little bit surprised uh, Greener was let go in the same instant. Obviously, they had to have replacement ready uh, and had been okayed from uh, a bunch of people in the organization, I'm sure. Um, but, but again, it, it was something that needed to be done. Um, you, you've seen how this team is, is performing, and not only is the team probably not constructed in a proper way, or it isn't, um, but the pieces they have that you're relying on to post to carry this team is underperforming uh, grossly, you'd say. So, so you needed some sort of change. You, you needed a spark to get these guys going. You needed to find out where, um, what, what you have here. Um, and we still have a couple of months before the deadline to kind of get a better idea of where this Vancouver is trending. Is, is it up or down? Uh, right now, it's, it's, it's been very bleak the last couple of weeks here. So hopefully we get a better idea as to, to what we have. Yeah, and before we look forward with this Canucks team, just want to take a quick look back and, and at Jim Benning's time there. And, and what was it there that didn't work with the Vancouver Canucks and his plan? His trades and his free agent signing, yeah. uh, to, to put it mildly. Um, he, 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 he brought in some pieces through the draft, uh, Patterson, Hughes, Demko, um, a couple of guys that you could build around. Uh, you had Horvath already, um, but there were too many misses uh, on the trades, um, free agents being let go, the free agent signing coming in that didn't pan out. Um, so those pieces we always talk about that you need to add to your core group, they never really materialized, and that's why you're looking at the roster right now. It's like, oh, gee, we're missing uh, to take Toronto, for instance. We don't have a TJ Brody. We don't have a Jake Mawson right now. Mm-hmm. We have a Riley, uh, but we're needing these other guys that you'd hope that you can find uh, through free agency, through trading, that are a little easier to get. It's very hard to find that number one scoring defenseman, but we have him. It's very hard to find a number one, number two center, but we kind of have them if they're performing. Um, So the other pieces that you need to bring in in order to solidify your lineup, um, they just haven't come. Um, And I think that that's that's probably why you're seeing him let go right now. Jansen, we've all been in dressing rooms where we know at times the head coach and and some of the core or star players uh, don't necessarily get along great, but did it, did it really come down to Travis green losing the room with the core guys? And I, I I say uh, JT Miller in particular, because we know at times there's been uh, public uh, outcry in terms of hearing stuff from practice. Is that what happened to Travis green? He lost the room, including his, his star player. Uh, that's hard for me to to talk, to 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 talk on because I don't know. I, I'm not 
I'm not in tune with what's happening in the dressing room. I don't have my daily day there, so I only see what I see on TV, gets through the media. Um, in Miller's case, whether it's just frustration, he seems like a very, very proud guy who wants to win. Um, he, he's one of the guys you have a hard time putting a finger on right now because he's doing all the things that are expected of him. Um, but again, uh, when you have a team where you have this many players that aren't playing off to their potential, it's hard to say, oh, it's because Pedersen missed uh, the beginning of camp. He's been hurt, uh, so on and so on. It's it's a couple too many guys that aren't playing up to their potential, and that's probably why Greener was, uh, was in the same round of, of firing as Benning. You know, it's tough to imagine that, you know, it's an effort thing, you know, that these guys could suddenly try harder with a new coach. But, like, in your experience, could a new ch- new coach come in and tangibly, like, change the season for guys who are sl- having slow starts like Pedersen and Besser and Horvat? Uh, well, it, it's an eye-opener for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, this is kind of the shock, if you will. It, it's it's easy to change the coach. Uh, all, all it costs is the owner's money. Um when you start tinkering with the roster, that's uh, that's for good. Um, and now there's no more fingers to point than on the players themselves. You bring in a new guy. This guy's got a tremendous re- uh, track record in the regular season. He's mm-hmm. won wherever he's gone. He's uh, made his players better. Um, the onus is on the players now to find a way to uh, to do what's needed them. Whether it's subtle changes in the way they're playing, how they're executing. Um, again, we will see that very soon they're playing tonight uh, and and i'm sure they've gone over a couple of things here in the morning but again it's uh it's trial by fire right now um you're getting a new coach with one day of uh, of knowing him what he what he's like uh, and all of a sudden you're playing and again you're playing for keeps um there there's no grace period here you need to start figuring out uh uh, where this Vancouver team is going. Is it uh, a team okay? The first 25 games was a toss-up. We didn't play well, and we played our way, our way probably out of a playoff spot. But at least we have something going forward into later into the season, maybe to next year. Or do we need to rebuild this thing? Um, this is what needs to be figured out through the next uh, yeah, 20, 30 games. Um, again, like I said earlier, I feel like they have enough pieces here. They need the pieces around these guys. Um, and that's not something that happens overnight. But again, you need to get uh, Pedersen back playing the way he can. Everybody's seen. You need Bo Horvat back playing the way. You, and you need the pieces around. We can mention Tanner Pearson, um, Tyler Meister. There's a lot of guys around the team that are on just outside that court that, that really needs to, to come in and help the, the core guys to, to push this team forward. We're listening to Yannick Hansen, former National Hockey Leaguer and now hockey analyst with the Vancouver Canucks. We know, uh, Yannick, that Stan Smeal is going to be stepping in in the hockey department's team. I don't think we're thinking about Stan long-term. There's a support group there that include Daniel and Henrik Sedin. Was there any thought at all on perhaps uh, the Aquilini family jumping to the Sedins and whether or not they'd be interested or they are interested but not ready for it now. Where are the Sedins? Yeah, again, I'm I'm speculating. Um, That's good. That's, uh, we I love was, that. I, That's yeah, I know. I, have a, I, I don't speak to them on a regular basis, and, and I would never pry into stuff like this either. Uh, again, they, they were probably thrusted into a position to learn the ropes, um, like a lot of other players have when they're done. Um, they have 
six months under their belt of how to run an organization. Are they ready right now? I highly doubt it. Um, do they feel like they're ready? They probably won't either. So, so you won't see them take over until they feel like they're ready for it. Um, do they have the hockey knowledge to put a team together on the ice? Absolutely. Do they have the, the ability to judge players on their performance and stuff? That Absolutely. Um, do they have the experience to, to run an organization? Probably not. That's why they're learning. Uh, there's lots of ins and outs that we as hockey players don't take into account to what takes to run an organization, making sure everything is, is happening at the right time and stuff like that. That's why there are so many people around right now to, to kind of help guide this ship in the right direction. Um, again, uh, time will tell what's going to happen, but, but you probably need some uh, experienced leadership in there somewhere around uh, between ownership and the hockey group. Um, again, they have a lot of, lot of years of experience right now. Stan has been in this organization forever since he, he was my first um, what do you say? Um, when I landed here after I was drafted, uh, he was the guy that looked after me in, in Portland, uh, watched my game. So again, these guys have been here for so long. They know hockey and all this stuff. Um, so I, I think it's a good group. Um, they're very down to earth. Uh, they won't probably they won't do anything rash. Um, so again, see if you can turn this in the right direction and then figure out the, the next step. I, I mean, a big one was obviously getting getting a new coach in here, um, see if you can can salvage what's left of this season. Um, and again, see what you have, because um, that's kind of the biggest thing right now. Um, you have a Brock Besser that's sitting in at four goals right now after 25 games, which is obviously stunning. Nobody could have predicted that. Uh, and again, that's not Jim's fault. <laughs> that's probably not mm-hmm. uh, Travis's fault either. It's just one of those uh, perfect storm where there are so many players that haven't lived up to expectation, and you need something to get them going. And again, firing a coach that that will that will wake everybody up. Well, and even with hiring a new coach and having a bunch of awake people now, it all feels very temporary to me. Like the Boudreaux deal sounds like it's a year and whatever's left of this one, a year and five months. Um, you know, there's no GM in place. Two years from now, what do you expect this this Vancouver Canucks team to look like? Like, how many of these guys are still going to be around? Yeah, that that's the million dollar question, right? right. And I think the next uh, twenty to thirty games will determine that. Um, before this season started, um, I myself uh, a lot around here. The, this um, the team thought that they were a playoff team. Pacific Division looked um, it looked a little weaker. Nobody had anticipated Calgary being playing the way they do right now. Everybody knew Edmonton was going to be good. Anticipated Vegas, but but the California teams are, are right in there. Nobody saw that either. Uh, are not a lot of people maybe outside those teams. So again, we we felt like Vancouver was ready to take a step in the right direction, become a playoff team, get some experience. Add another couple of pieces in the next offseason. Um, you had a lot of salary coming off. Uh, Luongo's recapture comes off. So you, you're freeing up some money. So there was, uh, there, was, there was a possibility to add some pieces as well. Um, but right now, the way they came out right now, obviously that's kind of put a, a hamper on everything. So you, kinda, you need to see where we're going forward. And again, if you're starting to not, not blow up the team, but you're starting to trade your older guys, you're starting not not thinking two years down the line, you're thinking four years down the line. Well, are Bo Horvath the right age? Is is JT Miller the right age? Um, all of these questions all of a sudden comes into uh, into account whether or not it's just like, okay, next year we need to be competing because then all the players will need to obviously stay. You just need to tweak it. But again, it comes down to how this team comes together now the next uh, month or two. Yannick, what is Bruce Boudreaux's 
top priority? Is it team defense? Is it specialty teams? Is it getting Pedersen going? What is wrong with this guy? It is the last one right there. It's getting Pedersen going. Um, Pedersen has the ability to make players around him better. Um, it, it's one of those trades you're looking for when you're looking for, for a Dynamo to, to run your team. Uh, Bezer is probably hurting tremendously because Pedersen isn't playing the way he is. Um, he's been his, his side mate for a long time. Uh, uh, power play, whatever you will. Um, so again, you need to get this guy going. Um, you need your best players to be your best players. Otherwise, it is what it is. So first thing first, you need to you need to get him going, and a couple of the other guys. Um, if you can do that, um, the power play will, will 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 get a little bit better. Then you can start looking at your at your other aspects, um, the defense. Now the defense in Vancouver is a little bit harder, like we talked about earlier. That's again roster construction. You don't have the defensive defenseman. Uh, the penalty kill, as you can see on the the statistic, is not very good to say the least. And we don't have shot blockers. Um, we don't have those things where you say, okay, penalty kill, this is the first guy out. Last couple of years, they lost Alex Edler. They lost Chris Tanev, who were some of the best um, shot blockers in the league, uh, magnet for pucks, if you will. And they're so vital to the success of a penalty kill, just like a Pedersen is to the power play. Mm-hmm. These guys that can run these uh, specialty teams, and you're kind of lacking those guys. We don't have a, thir- a fourth-line center or, or a right-handed center right now. Um, so penalty kill in Vancouver, um, offensive team dictated on a weak side, and you lose the draws most of the time. Um, so, so there is some things that uh, Bruce can't come in and fix because it's like he doesn't have the players available to him. But those are the pieces you'd like to see added if this team can turn it around. And then again, then we're talking smaller tweaks um, in order to become good again. One last one for me, Yannick, uh, and that's the uh, the fan base, the market in Vancouver. They've been calling for heads to roll for quite some time now. Now that they've they've done it, is will they back off? Will they be patient here, or are they expecting this team still to get back into a race? I think we just want a, a clear path. It's been it's been too much of we'll be good in three years. And three years passed. Oh, we we need another couple of years. It's too much of, too much of that. Where if if you tell the fan base that like okay we're gonna blow everything up. We have two or three guys that are safe. The rest is gonna go. And then four years down the line, then the fan base will say okay that this is what they're doing, and we're gonna be terrible now for the next couple of years. And then we can live with that because everybody knows what is expected. But if you're being told. This is a playoff team. This is a team that can win a round or two. And we're seeing the product on the ice. Then the frustration starts to build. And the new guys now, you'll get a lease on life. Um, and again, you, you won't see jersey toss and stuff like that tonight. Because again, you got the changes. Now you got to give these guys a, a little bit of time to, to, to sort things out. But then send a signal. And what that signal will be, whether it's retool, uh, quick tweaks, or it's a rebuild, it will have to come at some point, um, and then they will deal with this. But but uh, when you start promising things and don't delivering, that's when frustration sets in, and everybody can relate to that. Well, it's going to be an interesting watch from here on in in Vancouver with uh, always entertaining Bruce Boudreau. Yeah, fun for the yeah, media. For sure. Yannick, thanks, thanks for doing this. No problem. Thanks for having me. Thanks, man. Y- Yannick Hansen, former Vancouver Canuck player and some great insight there.
No one, and I mean no one, has had more furnace faces than Bruce Boudreaux behind a National Hockey League bench. That well, bright red face. Yeah. When he gets it going, wow. When they, they fit him for the collar. He goes, I'm a 16. And they go, I don't think so, but okay. <laughs> there was a long time when I dreamt of Bruce Boudreaux as the Toronto Maple Leafs head coach. I'd always, oh, I'd always yeah. thought about that, like pre-Babcock, you know, and the years where they were terrible. And well, even around the time they got Babcock, I'd always dreamt of Gabby as the Leafs coach. It's no secret he wanted to come in and yeah. uh, and help Sheldon Keefe. Yeah, but I mean that's that's you can't have a guy of that, you know, with that experience, be behind a guy who's just getting his first taste of being an NHL coach, can you? I, I, Bruce has been trying to get back in here, and they they offered it to Taka too, and that wouldn't have been. No, probably what, an assistant better. role. Yeah, yeah, but talking to the Flyers, you think? I don't think so. I don't want to put words in your so, mouth there. I would think uh, we'll get well, into Mike that. Mike Yo but, is. Oh yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll discuss the Flyers in just a second. I have a question for you about what they're going to do in Vancouver because this is what interests me now. Is that you know you're talking about JT Miller? Uh, Kip brought up Bo Horvat a couple weeks ago about a guy that you know would have some value in return here. It's a pretty important trade deadline for this team you know like they're kind of depending on what direction they're going in so you're just going to have a guy that's been there since you know yannick hansen played for portland being the guy that's going to make these really huge trades it's just a really dangerous time like how is that handled internally it's a it's a hard one well it's one of my favorite nick caprio's points they are they're giving it to stan stan smeal be the guy for now i I don't see I, i don't necessarily see uh them hiring someone coming in real quick here i but i was gonna say i love the point you made the other day where these guys who are assistant gms you win and they're like yeah give me my ring and then you lose and you're like oh how about this gm yes. ahead of me <laughs> i can't like, i'm sorry were you not in the room yeah i can't what and you being paid to do you know and and that's i think what happened to scott mellenby in montreal is that well, they made the right call getting rid of him then or him resigning i mean he shouldn't have resigned. He should have just waited for them to fire him. Well, yes. <laughs> and, take, and take the rest of the cabbage home. <laughs> Surely he didn't sacrifice a whole bunch of paychecks, did he? I'm uh, sorry, but when you resign, you walk away. I got to tell you, I, I think differently of the man's intelligence after that. <laughs> I, maybe he's, I, I don't know. I, I, you know. I'm not saying anything. I, I don't know. It just seems like a I, I don't know. The, I don't know the details of it. Me I, I just... I am just assuming it is as black and white as when someone steps down or leaves their job. Right, you don't get paid. I don't I don't need to pay you anymore. Maybe it was that they were going to keep him around. They weren't going to fire him and he didn't want to be there in a assistant GM role. So so last thing on Vancouver I'll ask you guys. This is to me it seems very obvious and I'll get you guys to agree on this and disagree. We kind of we kind of alluded to it before we got the break there. But this is them bringing in a guy that was happy to have a coaching job that's been wanting to get back in, give them a shot here to maybe get hot, win a few in a row, get into a playoff race, you know, get the fans off the back, and then see where we go in the offseason, correct? Yes, which I think in the overall picture from 6,000 feet above, Mm -hmm. it's flawed and it will not work. Agreed. It all feels so temporary and makeshift. Like, yeah. like at least Montreal so, cleaned house. Yeah, everyone gone. So I guess it's the coach wasn't. So there. Boudreaux comes in, and he's essentially good for one more year, with no GM. 
And frankly, if you want to fire him next year in the middle of the year, all right, it's a half a year. Salary. And I don't, it doesn't matter whether he's on for a year and a half or he's on for four. It doesn't really matter. If in fact, let's just say, say for argument's sake, he lights it up. He's great. Next going to tear. And now, what do you do with him? What do you mean? You keep him. Who hires him? No. Who 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 Stan resigns Smeal? him? Stan Smeal. Okay, and then is Stan the next GM for the next five, four years? Well, if they light it up, can he be like, "Yes, I did this"? Is that is that is that I don't smart? Know. No. Is that I've talked to a few people already that said that if Vancouver goes and wins every game the rest of the season, I'm not still sure I want Bruce Boudreau as the head coach yeah. in the next three or four years on a, on a long term deal. This does feel like the, you know, the ultimate way to assess what you have in guys. Okay, we saw what it's like under a dump and chase, grinded out Travis Green system. Boudreaux tends to take the shackles off guys, let them play hockey. You know, the, the point that uh, Gordo made was that Mike Green was a good example, someone who thrived on the offensive side. Okay, we're going to see what we have in, in all our stars, and then you'll best be able to assess what you're dealing with when you're literally dealing. Mm-hmm. Like just no GM now. No, like full-time GM and hiring your coach. And we know the owner hired Aquilini picked Bruce Boudreau and he picked him to Gord's point because he doesn't cost what Claude Julian would cost. Yeah. And that was great insight by Gord, by the way. I don't know whether he didn't say that you made that up. He did say that. (laughs) (laughs) He did. I don't know whether he he really knew what he was saying, but you know, I mean, it, it, it speaks volumes, though, to the scenario. Bruce mm-hmm. is there because Bruce went in cheap. Well, you know, yeah, it's part of it. I, you know, I think there's more to it in that they think he's a different style well, guy and that he can listen, provide you, a different look. You're, and, you're, you're, you know, you're buying a ton of wins. Yannick just spoke of a guy with a lot of history that's a proven winner yeah. in the regular season. At a bargain basement they, they, price. They didn't put in Ted Lasso. I mean, this is a you know a guy who's done this a couple of times. He's an experienced guy. So, so, yeah. No, it does feel temporary but, but, and makeshift, but at least it's not the same thing. That's all people want. You're going to hire a coach or a general manager really quick here, or do you give it breathing room now? Where like if if Bruce gets success and Stan gets success, now are you pressured into saying? Well, I got to turn around and make these guys full-time guys. With all due respect, don't you, isn't that a little bit of what happened with Rick Bonus in Dallas? That it was like, you know, they put him in there. Mm-hmm. Um, they went to the bubble. They had success. They were looking for a coach, and this guy just took him to the cup final, and they were like... Didn't that happen in Calgary, I too? I guess we got to do that. Jeff Ward. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Got a little hot. Got hot. Next thing you know, interim's off. New contract. Fired. And how long has Ducharme got left in Montreal, who feels like maybe it was something similar? What, what, was he guaranteed the rest of the season? Yeah, he oh, was. That's, that's a vote of confidence. Well, I know. I thought it? the same thing. You to finish he's the rest coach of the season. Team. Yeah, the death march. To so April. he's like, yeah, I don't feel like putting someone else in through this. So you do it. For yeah, us well, here. that's that's yeah. what happens a lot of times. That I'm going to put in my own guy, but I don't want to subject them to this. So yeah. So last night, player uh, safety for the National Hockey League was probably contemplating. Suicide? Suspending, oh, sorry. suspending Spezza and Connor McDavid. I hope, 
I hope I hope none of them were planning on coming to Canada anytime soon. Well, but also were they like, did we do peyote before the game? What, is, what are these names coming up? Has Spezza, Spezza's never probably never even had a hearing, has he? Like, has he ever done? I, not that I'm aware of. But I think Connor's had. Connor got had suspended a couple, for two games yeah. for a hit on Nick Letty, yeah, and yeah. then there was something else. Uh, he, got, he got fined for something last else. Year, a little slew foot or something. I remember at center ice, but well, yeah, well, something, something. What did you think God. of the hit last night, Kip? I'm okay with a five minute major. That was good, good refereeing, I thought. Everyone's all over the refs I'm, last I'm night. I'm fine with it. It's fifty fifty call for me. He's bleeding. You clipped enough of him to you know smash his face into the glass. And it wasn't like a random moment. Like, you know, it was at uh, Kempe. Kempe had him all tied up in the neutral zone. Like, he took a number, yeah. clearly had a but, motive. You know, Colonel Mustard with the candlestick <laughs> and the. Very glad no hearing. Was there no hearing? I didn't hear yeah, anything. Yeah, no, I guess not. I didn't. I've been on the show. I don't know. Sammy, there's nothing over the haven't wire. Seen, haven't seen anything. No. Great. You know, five in a game was good. It, it ended Trust the me, game. If, if they were going to, if, if he was going to have a hearing, we would have heard about That's it true. by now. So it ended the game. You know, L.A. went out and scored three power play goals. See you later. There's your punishment yeah. for the bad hit. Five yeah. in a game. You lose that one. Move on. And I'm not on board with you that that was all numbers. What do you mean? It's not? Yes, it is. No. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean? I, I, I thought he clipped mo- most of uh, the back of the shoulder. That was not. It was not. not do you think not, Kempe not, not, knew not he was coming? On the numbers. Uh, it felt like one it of those was, ones. It was a bang, bang play. Bang, bang. Yeah. McDavid comes around the net, sees his numbers. Yeah, He's got... Kip, I'm watching it here. Second it and a half pretty, to it see It was him. pretty numbery. It was, it, <laughs> there's a lot of numbers. No, he, there's, there is, but he didn't hit him square in the back. It's not like broken neck from behind, no. square but type of thing. But I, I hate to bring this back to Matthews. Do you? But, like, it's well, it's a Leafs show. Everything talks about the Leafs. I'd love to just see him take a shot like this at somebody. You know? <laughs> And like, oh, great, they would have lost anyway last night. So if he, you know, gets a five in a game for slashing him or hacking him or punching him in the face, McDavid took matters into his own hands, went after him. You know, I if, loved you, it. if you're a Leaf defender, you would say, we don't want our guy doing that. We have people for that, and the people did that. The, the only thing I, sure? can, I can tell you guys is that, you know, Con- we didn't see a ton of that early in Connor's career. No. It's grown and I think there's a chance that it could still grow on Austin Matthews. You know, you had to, I shouldn't say you had to, you scored a bajillion goals in junior, but you were cognizant of the fact that toughness was part of the reason you were going to have a NHL career. Uh, you know, the only one, <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever. Yes. Like I felt like as I got older as a player and obviously not the playing career that you had, but like I had like a level of self-respect and confidence that as I got older that I was like, well, you can't just, you know, chop me in the neck. You know, when I, early in my career, I just took it because I didn't yeah. want to get in a fight. And eventually he's like, well, you can't just do that to me. Like, I'm a, I'm a grown yeah. man at this point. Some of that has to come along for Matthews, it's, too. It's just evolving whatever uh, way you see yourself. Yes. It's called growth. And, you know, to, to bring it back. It's never going to be nasty. To, to bring it back to Jason Spezza, this whole life, he's been the best number one centerman. And now he finds himself in a situation with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And he has to evolve into the 2019, 2020, 2021 version of Jason Spezza. He is not 18 minutes, 20 minutes Jason Spezza anymore. He's 8 to 12 minute Jason Spezza. So it's part of the things that we're seeing, why we're seeing Jason Spezza to our earlier conversation in the show that we never saw Mm -hmm. in Ottawa or Dallas. And it's... 
it'll it, it should happen with Austin in, in this particular instance with when it comes to toughness. Mm-hmm. I you only hope if you're a Leaf fan, if you're Sammy right now, that there is some growth off of what happened to him last night. And then what happened to him in the first round with Ben Schrott? You know, it's impossible to think of Matthews. Go ahead, Sam. I, I don't like. I feel like I'm painting, you know, my fandom to a. I don't want him to be go out there and be Gary Roberts. Like, right. I, like you know, like I don't understand. I don't think he's going to be this guy who's you know walks the line of fighting guys or whatever. But it just no, just say you it, can't do that to me. It just, I don't want you walking away from Scrum smiling anymore. Listen, do you think? But here's the my my comparison. I was go just going to say, do you think two or three years ago we would have seen McDavid? Hit a guy like that? No, and I actually think uh, I don't. And I think that another good comparable here is Joe Thornton, who was a Toronto Maple Leaf last year. Think about him, you know, mother effing uh, Ehlers up and down the ice and, you know, going squirrely at him, going after guys playing 12 minutes on the Leafs' fourth line. Can you imagine Austin Matthews as a fourth-line player in 10 years from now? Is he going to find it like that? Because Thornton wasn't that. Thornton, I remember the one time I – when was it 2016 that they lost to to the Penguins in the final? But that's when I remember really when he was like kind of frustrated because he was a little too slow for that series. And I remember him just getting wild and hacking people and really kind of getting gritty with it a little bit. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think he's always kind of had a bit more of a mean streak in him. Don't you think? More than Matthews? Yeah, I don't know. I remember him being kind of a yeah. setup-y. I don't know. Yeah. But I, I just remember him and Kadri fighting and him pulling out his beard. Yeah, I so. think that's that's when we started getting to yeah. old, old man Thornton yeah. days. but. We also saw Elaine Vigneault lose his job. So much focus on Vancouver, but... Uh, he had two and a half years left on his deal. At, at five. At five. Oh, my. They're just going to pay so, him 12 and a half shmill Van- to watch like, hockey. Guys. Vancouver still owes Travis Green five million bucks, or close to five million. And they're going to give Gabby 2.25 per year for two years. And now, uh, Elaine Vigneault, I-, I think we've seen the last of Elaine, personally. You do? Oh, I- it wouldn't surprise me at all, at all if he just shut it down. Well, I don't that know. kind of money. Yeah. You can be Babs. You can go coach the University of I think, Moncton or something. I don't know. I think there was uh, a tr- there is still tremendous amount of pressure on, on Chuck Fletcher. This was one of those that uh, if if you don't fire if you don't fire somebody soon, it's you. I, I may have to fire two people. That is from an, hundred percent is a self preservation call. You go to your owner and say, "I think we need to get rid of this coach. He's really messing everything up, isn't he?" Any coincidence with Green going and then pretty much right after Vigneault going? You think they like Green in in uh, Philly or anything to that? I my first thought, Tortorella, mm. veteran team. John Tortorella, but isn't it the same type of guy who wears you guys down? Yes. Okay, but. In, in different two pitch. years, <laughs> yeah, where they he'll wear you down in two years, two and a half years. Yeah, the, if you've still got aspirations of making the playoffs or squeezing whatever you can out of your veterans, Tortorella may be it. I I thought of Rick Tockett as well. The history mm-hmm. makes a ton of sense, but I you probably got to pay Rick. I I just don't. I I think they probably want Tortorella's experience over Rick Tockett's. So Philly's in a weird spot because, like, they—it's th- almost like, oh, they think they think they think they're real. They think they're a team because yeah. it's like you know, Tortorella's going to come in. You're going to push to go in now, and you're what twenty fifth in the NHL. Yeah, I, I just hope they don't hire Tockett because I love having him on our show. Oh, he's great. We should, yeah. you know, what? let's get him on. Let's try to get him on tomorrow or the yeah. next day. It's just the case. before we lose just him. The case. <laughs> too many jokes. Treat ourselves. He's more. awesome. Oh, he's so good. One more talk session. Yeah, talking hockey. We'll brand it.
Tuka Rask practicing with the Bruins as an e-bug. Yeah. Sammy didn't like that on Twitter, eh? That was the ultimate Leafs. Like, you imagine if the okay, Leafs well, did listen, this? Okay, well, listen. Hold on. Well, they hired refs for one of their practices, and they uh, they sent the, the goons to Ford Performance Center to shut it down. <laughs> okay, hold, hold, uh, I want to go back to Philly just one more time. Oh, okay. Okay, just prior to the show, Uh-oh. you showed me a video oh, of yeah. a dog on the ice in Philly who took a big steamer <laughs> right on the logo. <laughs> I'm like, where did you find this? I didn't, I didn't see that. And now it's like, I, I can't get it out of my head. You don't want the reporters to step on the logo on the carpet. How do you feel about a dog digging How a deuce at center? How does that happen? I, of all the places to be like, let's take the pups out. Uh, 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 an ice rink does not MCL. really seem like the spot to be for a dog, but... I don't know. I think maybe it was a police thing. They look like police dogs. Maybe you just had to take a quick dookie. That, that can't that. happen. Why not? <laughs> what are you, what, how Who do you get back? I don't know, but <laughs> why are you walking them through the logo, first of all? Well, I know how you prevent it. Uh, you keep the pooches off the ice. Well, fair. But, yeah, right on the logo, right the in the middle of the wheel. you see a little bit of the squat, you got to bail on it. you got to pull them off the <laughs> like, ice. Well, then you just leave a Plug big... Them. Sc- <laughs> i got to say, I did have a puking cat once that I ejected from my house and just a run vomit across the house. I don't know if a running a dog situation is going to be much better. I don't uh, care if you got to stick your thumb up there, but you... <laughs> You you have got to stop that before it happens. Just a wine cork. Oh my god, that's funny. But I it's just a perfect little, you know. For where the flyers are at, having a dog know? drop on its center is yeah. pretty perfect. Yeah, little steamer. Nice metaphor. Yep. Uh Rask. Rask. E-bug. Ooh, jinx. Yeah. He is the one guy that maybe could come back and the one thing that we've noticed, guys, is whether or not you think you're a front runner or a middle of the pack team, it's amazing how much better you look if you get some great goaltending. Can Rask find a way to get back into this thing for them? That's, I mean, that's the question. Rask is one of the best goalies in the league in the last 10 years. He's an elite goaltender, no doubt. But he's getting older. He's coming off this major injury, you know, catching up to the middle of the season here. You know, you're getting on a moving train. All these teams are red hot, weird time. I don't know. If he, you know, has a couple of weeks to get hot, get ready to go, maybe give him a conditioning conditioning stint, uh, a la Peter Mrazek, which didn't go great on Tuesday, by the way. I got to think he's hungry for another crack at it. For sure. So the Boston Bruins have been getting league average goaltending in his absence. Jeremy Swayman is a 918 save percentage as a rookie for the Bruins. So if you bring in Rask, you're going to send this rookie down who's a 918. He seems like the next one, Mm. which I guess is fine. You're playing for this season. You know, it's just, I don't know how much better it makes Boston is where I'm going. They've been fine. And so if he's elite, it makes them better for sure, for sure. How confident are you that Tuka Rask is going to come back after seven months off? Not confident. And be, you know, I feel the same way. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I guess you sign him, you give him some run, but once you sign him, I wonder if they'd have to pay him. I think think they'd have to pay him like a proper, his value, or do you think he'd play for a couple million or something? He would. That's a good question. He would do whatever uh, works. That's what I think. Because he said that when he left, it's not about money. No, no, and he doesn't want. He doesn't uh, envision himself playing anywhere else. So, Mm -hmm. along with him and Patrice Bergeron, you're almost now month to month with the Boston Bruins. So he's made sixty-two million dollars in his career. Tukarask. He's okay. So is he? 
like taking a Jason Spezza contract? Like, what are you talking? How low are you talking for him? I would think if the if 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 the only way he could play is minimum salary, then I I think it's a done deal. Man, wow. Bruins are really frustrating yeah. for Leafs fans. Oh, if they, if they got Rass coming in for league minimum, <laughs> or even anywhere close yeah. to that, that would anywhere be... around a million would not. So, but yeah, I just I just want to belabor that point that if the Leafs had some legendary goalie for the Bruins that were you know if he was been ten years in the league and they're like oh he's an emergency backup goalie yeah like I said the goons from the league would be knocking down well, the door. Well, it is interesting. Like, where is the technical line on who can be your e bug? Like, could you have a guy who says I just don't want to go in a cup? Could you just have an e-bug, just start a guy, bring him in whenever you want, not pay him? Could Rask be there? I know he can't <laughs> no. because logically he can't. Yeah, but That's a great question. Could he that's could a Rask loophole. our e-bug? That oh, the like... goalie pulled his groin again, put in the e-bug. That... Somewhere Brendan Pridham's ears just started ringing. That, <laughs> that is, that, that's a great loophole, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's not another realm of possibility. Yeah. A lot of groin pulls for last your one. Goalies. Last one here, boys. Islanders, oh, 11 wow. losses in a row, 11. So it wasn't that long ago. It was lose great and Kyle sucks. Mm. And in a short few months, mm. all that Lou magic, well, gone. You know, like if you're baking cupcakes and you put some salt in there, nice little bit, little bit of salt in okay, there. This is good. Gord should listen to this if he's still at Pioneer Village. <laughs> so if you add too much salt, they instantly are terrible. You know, the, the Islanders thing was we are a playoff team, old, veteran, gritty, whatever. And then they're like, see their playoff runs. And they're like, what if we added Zidane Chara, you know, and Parisi to the lineup? And all of a sudden it's like, that's a bit too much old. A bit too slow, a bit too much in the wrong direction when the game's moving the other way. You know, injuries, COVID, all, you know, everything that's conspired against them, the long road trip at the start of the year. And here we are. And Parisi and Ryan Suter got completely run out of town in Minnesota. They couldn't get rid of them fast enough. And the while they're in first place. Mm-hmm. By a good distance, the Wild are in first place in the division by at uh, well nine I points. I don't know. I mean, COVID Seven. and a new building. When you start in the the season the way they did was really cruel. You know, you wonder could the league had saved them a little bit with some postponements earlier yeah. on in the process for sure. And God, just go back to Ryan Suter, as if Ryan Suter signed another what was contract. It? Well, what was it? It's four years, three point six million per year so he's his career earnings estimated right now a hundred and five million dollars that's got to be chasing that yeah. like cavalier all time no but guys like, got another big contract 50 after taxes yeah it's not, no, that's true no that's pretty heavily taxed who can he's... live off of 50 <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> tough reminds me of my favorite bill Guerin line that i've said on the show before. wow being paid by three teams boys that was one Steamy show today. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Put a plug in it, Kev. <laughs> hey, you're the producer. Can you get that dog on for tomorrow's show to find yeah, out yeah. if he actually did yeah. that on purpose he's or got, not? He's got an agent already. It's going to be a rough one if we get him on. Jeez, cut it off. That's enough. <laughs> Uncle. Past two hours, guys. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate everyone's time. Thanks for listening. Rating and review on any major podcast. Let us know what you feel about the show, good or bad.
Mm-hmm. We're right back at it tomorrow on the real Kipper and Bourne show. This is Nick Kiprios. Thanks for listening.